Greetings, my loves. This is Annette of AnnetteLeonard.com. Back again with another moment for chronic wellness. I have been up to Seattle in the last couple of weeks to see my team of pulmonary docs. And I have talked to you about the fact that I see the world expert in my lung disease, which is pulmonary fibrosis. And even more specifically than that, he studied uh, in Rochester, New York at the time when my autoimmune disease, which is called antisynthetase syndrome, was being studied and was there when anti-JO1, uh, which is the exact antisynthetase that uh, that I have. It's an autoantibody um, that causes my antisynthetase syndrome was discovered. So he is an expert among experts in a very rare disease. And, and so I give you all of that context, not to just be like, look at me, <laughs> which I mean, in fact, look at me because wow, I, I do have so much privilege and have lucked into living in a place in the world where I have access to someone who has trained under some of the most skilled and qualified professionals to treat someone like me with my disease. And that is an undeniably lucky and blessed thing. And what I want to talk to you about today is the times in our lives when we decide to disobey doctor's orders. So as I've discussed, I take a chemotherapy agent called Rituxan to manage my autoimmune diseases. And uh, as it was recently pointed out to me, I, uh, and, and perhaps this is obvious to everyone but me, <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm just really slow and needed this spelled out in quite this way. I have five or six autoimmune diseases. And when I was talking to uh, the consulting rheumatologist up in Seattle about my dose of prednisone and saying to him, why can't we back me off of that prednisone? Why can't I take less of that? Why can't I get off of that? Uh, he was saying, Annette, you know, if it were just up to me, I, I would take you off of the prednisone, but because the prednisone is there to support the other pieces that are in place to support your lungs and the lung disease component of all of your autoimmune diseases is the most life-threatening of your autoimmune diseases, we are always going to prioritize that treatment the treatment of your lungs over the treatment of any of your other autoimmune diseases. And it just, like, I hadn't heard it put quite that way before, so it was really helpful. And if you are managing multiple disease states, multiple chronic conditions, maybe nobody's ever put it to you that plainly before that, that anything that is life-threatening or the thing that is the most eminently life-threatening will always be prioritized first or should always be prioritized first in, term, in terms of your care. 
So back to, back to my doctor and disagreeing. Uh, so I take Rituxan, which is a chemotherapy agent, to suppress my immune system so that I fight myself less. You know, in the case of autoimmune diseases, our immune system erroneously starts to attack our body in a variety of different ways. And so we have all of these different ways of tamping down or suppressing or turning off parts of our immune system to lessen that impact. And for me, the biggest one that I use is Rituxan. Well, because Rituxan has so thoroughly suppressed my immune system, I have not had anything to fight with. And so the example that I've given of this in recent years is that if I am around anyone other than immediate members of my household, it doesn't matter if they are sick, I will get sick. Most often it's something pretty inconsequential like a cold, but sometimes it's much more consequential like pneumonia. And in an effort to try and reduce the amount of, of, of illness that I that I seem to get in an effort to try and balance some of the risk and benefits, I have now been reducing the amount of chemotherapy that I take. Now, mind you, the dose of chemotherapy that I take is based on dosing given to rheumatoid arthritis patients more than 25 years ago. So it's not dosing based on my disease. It's not dosing based on anything recent. As we've talked about, my diseases are rare enough that no pharmaceutical company will ever do studies about people with my disease because there just aren't enough of us to ever make it profitable. <laughs> and so it's really just a guesstimate what to give me, how much, how frequently. And so I've started working with my rheumatologist to stretch out my dose, to take it less frequently is, is the way that I've tried to, to take less to see if then I can maybe tolerate being around other people without getting sick while also managing the effects of my illness. So that's what I've been doing. And I went to see my pulmonary team and I did the battery of tests that I do up there as well as a high-res chest CT. And in comparing results, there was a slight change in my lung health. Not dramatic, not precipitous, not hair on fire, just slight. And my pulmonary doc looked at me and said, what's been happening with your Rituxan? Are you still taking it? And I said, yes, of course I'm still taking it. And I have been tweaking my dose and started to explain to him. And he said, no, 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 no. Go back to the regular dosing schedule. I was a little bit crestfallen. And I don't agree with him. <laughs> 
And here's one of those times where I have the world expert in my disease giving me a plain instruction. But my body is telling me something different. I have good reason to believe that the slight downturn is related to the fact that I had pneumonia for six weeks. And it's not a reignition of my lung disease. And I really appreciate that he is operating with an abundance of caution and that it is his job to keep my lungs healthy and that he'll do that by staying the course and not making changes and that he also doesn't have to live in this body and doesn't have to live with the consequences of never going out into the world and never interacting with others outside of my household or getting sick every time that happens. I do. I'm the one who pays those prices. And I'm not sure that this time that cost is worth what little benefit it may or may not even be to my lungs. So these are the difficult decisions that we each must parse. And obviously, I am not a physician. I am not suggesting that you should buck the best advice of your best physician. And each of us is asked at different points along our medical journey to do a cost-benefit analysis. And at some points, it's quality of life versus quantity of life. And this is one of those intersections for me where I'm having to discern, is this a reignition of my lung disease firing back up and getting rolling and potentially taking me off a cliff? Or is this an indicator of the pneumonia that I just had and maybe I don't have to fire back up with guns a-blazing all the work that I've just done to try to peel back my chemotherapy dose. Going against doctor's orders. It's a slippery slope and sometimes a difficult discernment process where we have to be guided by our bodies and our intuition and the best information we have and sometimes make mistakes that can cost us dearly. I wonder about you and whether you've ever gone against doctor's orders or whether you've wondered about whether you should go against doctor's orders and as ever, I'm interested in hearing from you about what dilemmas you're up against. Um, I've now just lengthily, <laughs> that's not even a word, I've just long-windedly spelled out one of mine for you so that I could paint as full a picture as possible and let you into my world and uh, one of the difficult decisions I'm up against.
I hope that you and yours are doing all right. And as ever, I am always glad to know what's on your mind and what questions you have. I will be away next week, but I'm going to share with you another author interview. So please tune in to that. And until we're together again, thank you for being here and be well.